0: We've all understood, you know, we've come a long way as a group. And I'm I'm really proud of how we've continued to compete. You know, we've been through a bunch of different things. The plane being, you know, one of the most recent ones. But, you know, like we've been through a bunch of this group. and I think it's brought us closer together as a group. I mean, you got to go out there and compete. You know, nothing's going to be given to us. At the end of the day, we have the X on our backs. Teams are going to come out hungry for us. No one really expects us to do much. And I think that kind of feeds our fire. And we just got to go out there and and just go out do what we do and try to become champions.
1: DG and PK brought to you in part by Davis Vision. The Davis Vision spring LASIK sale is going on now. Get rid of those contacts and glasses and save $1,000. Start your road to better vision at Davis Vision. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com or call them today at 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. There's Donovan Mitchell. No one expects much of us. Are the Jazz going to be favored only in the first round series? I believe that to be true. I believe they're going to be favored in all four. Really? You do not. You're just saying that. In my heart, I do. You're making it up. <laughs> okay,
2: favored. I mean, if you just go by the Vegas odds, I guess that's yeah. a black and white thing.
1: Clippers in the second round but I'm, not, be the I'm not
2: really worried about that. I'm, I, I believe a lot of folks who follow the league are expecting stuff out of this team. And if he wants to play, no one expects us to do much. I'm all for
1: it. If it works, yeah. <laughs> tell yourself. Didn't we learn that from Jordan? Tell yourself whatever you got to tell yourself. Whatever you need, whatever you think, fine.
2: I expect a lot out of them. And, and you can find enough people to pretty much uh, believe whatever you want to believe.
1: So you're going to find enough people who picking the Jazz to win it all? People who don't live within this state's boundaries? I don't think you're going to find that many of them. Charles Barkley got one. He's the biggest mouth of them all. <laughs> he is the biggest mouth of them all. I give you that. <laughs> so if I only What's got your one, lack I in want in. <laughs> you make up in volume.
2: Yeah, I, I know that as well as anybody. Uh, so, but that, what does that mean? If that it doesn't, doesn't mean, mean anything. anything. So, but, it doesn't but if mean you anything. can use it as a form, fine. The fact is that this team has what it takes. That's the most important thing. This team has matured together in a sense. Rudy and Joe from the original with Quinn Snyder and some of the was Alex Jensen still on? Was he on the first Quinn Snyder's first stab? I think he was. Yeah. So they've been around for a while, and then you add pieces along the way, right? And Donovan Mitchell comes shortly thereafter, uh, and and then, and then and then you add Conley, and and the way you go, and jo- and Jordan Clarkson. So this group has been together. This group, in my mind, has been together enough to make the leap. And, you know, you only have Conley and Bogdanovich here for less than two years. But these guys are veteran guys. So I like the fact they're weren't. They're not twenty not 23, 22 years old. They come along maybe a skosh beyond their prime, I'm not sure. But they still come along in a manner that they have a ton to give and they understand
1: what's there. Bogdanovich is not past his prime. Conley, I'll give you that. I hedged. Yeah. I'm not saying that they are. I think Bogdanovich is in his prime. Right. Conley's a little bit past his prime. So that's why I just combined the two. But the thing you need, which Conley provides, which the roster largely doesn't have, is playoff experience deep in the playoffs. He's yeah. been to a conference final. And, and I, I most just don't these guys think there's haven't.
2: much difference between round two and three.
1: But Isn't there it? is a difference. I
2: don't think. I don't think that's an negligible reason as to why you lose. Because you didn't have the experience to play in round three versus round two. If they lose in round three,
1: which is the conference final, right. I'm not going to blame it on lack of experience. Most of the elite players lose in round three or four before they win there. There have been exceptions. Steph Curry, 2015 Warriors, that's the one to hold up. That's all I need. That's good because it's about all you got. That's all I need. Next, I think if you go back, then the next thing is Duncan. Now, the rest of the team had lost. Not, on that's, all, final. That, not, that's a long and, time ago. And, and, and
2: the Spurs have nothing to do with the Jazz. And how many of those teams had the best record in the league? Were they good enough to win? Was it the, were they good enough to win, or did they lack the experience to win? If I just boil it down to that, I'm not buying that. This team has enough experience. They're veteran guys. The kid has been the face of the franchise for four years. That's a long time to be the face of the franchise. It's a
1: true story. So... And you could argue with the people who are doing the Warriors-Jazz comparisons that Curry didn't have the deep experience. No one did, but he'd been the face of the franchise for a while. And they also had the best record in the NBA. They had home court all the way through. And they got it done. They did. This team is capable of getting it done.
2: Now, it's got to go do it, man. There's a big difference between being capable and actually doing I was about to say, capable
1: gives you wiggle room. There are no guarantees that capable, but there are possibilities. And so if I come out and say, yeah, I believe they're going to win, and they don't, de doo mm. I was wrong. Who cares?
2: But I have to be responsible in what I actually believe. I can come in here and be a homer and say, oh, absolutely. But I don't think anybody's going to believe me. I've got to present a truth that is truthable to the listeners.
1: The, truth, I, the truthability is a factor.
2: Yeah, or else they're just going to blow you off. And I think that people listening today, I, somebody argue with me. I believe this team has the capability. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that they're going to do it. Can you really argue with me when I say I believe this team has the ingredients and the ability to win the title? That's the extent that I'm going. Can you argue that? Because I would like to I've, see the I argue the only the thing argues. I
1: can that they don't have the playoff experience to do this all. Everything okay. else... They have. But they don't have the playoff experience that the overwhelming majority of the champions have. Doesn't mean all the champions have it. So when you say capable, okay, they're capable. Because they've got a lot of the other things that that Warrior team had in 2015 when they didn't have the playoff experience to get it done, and yet they got it done. Now there'll be people who say, well, that Warrior team got a huge break because they would have lost to Cleveland if Cleveland was healthy. Maybe they would have, but they still got to the final. Sure. And you could and, say the same and, thing. And, and, well, this Jazz team is lucky that the Lakers aren't helping. And they well, we caught
2: know. a break in that the Lakers, Kobe was playing out the string. Yeah. So, I mean, where are you going to go with this? How many breaks did they need well, to take? Well, that's two down. I need about 27 <laughs> so, to go. Well, no, I know. They <laughs> had Sacramento cold. So I just need 26 more breaks. So you can just keep going on that. The bottom line is that they won. And if the Jazz catch a break along the way, fine. We hear about you got to be good and you got to be lucky, you know, and we understand that. So
1: you don't like the analytics, but the people who love them and embrace them. I'm not
2: saying I don't like them. I just don't think that they're I, – I, I don't pay
1: – If I told you the Jazz had a 15% chance of winning the NBA championship, would you think that's too high, too low, or just right? Too low. Too low? We too low. What? Oh, I just got that. What? Yeah, that was. <laughs> that was. I, just, I knew it was something, but I didn't get it at first. But, uh, yeah. What a legendary story that one is. Boy, catfishing people left and right right there. Uh, so what's the right number if it's not 15%? Given that there are a lot of legit contenders in the NBA, it makes it hard to drive that number very high. So how so high do you 20. want to drive it? Okay, 20. I don't view don't that as a big difference.
2: Well, yeah, in your polls, you know, you got a 5% mar-
1: margin Margin of error, of error right? <laughs> <laughs> if you learned anything. 5.38, analytic and doing the thing to death. Says, a site that I've never looked at, I'm proud to say. Yeah, I know you haven't. Clippers are the favorite at 28%, which seems to me way too high for the Clippers. I'd peg them lower. Sixers have a 21% chance. Jazz at 15, Nets at 14. Lakers only at 9. See,
2: I believe that the Jazz have just as much talent as the Sixers. And the Clippers... I, Talk to me after I've seen Paul George play. In the postseason. Love he's, his talent.
1: He's saying all the right things, and he had another great regular season.
2: Yeah. Prototypical NBA player. He can do it all. Long, lean, athletic.
1: But he hasn't done yeah. it all in the playoffs. No. Sometimes not by a wide margin.
2: So there's your best example of a guy struggle, 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 succeed. If he succeeds. Right. They've got talent on that team.
1: But I think the Jazz have So the have Jazz talent. are capable. How many teams in the NBA do you believe are capable of winning the championship right now? Well, if you get to the final, you're capable
2: of winning it. Mm-hmm. Even though the path in the East is easier, I still believe if you get there, because you could be a turned ankle
1: away from winning it. We've the other guy it. turns an ankle. We've seen multiple. We yeah. can name multiple finals that have been decided by injuries right. in the finals. Right. Have been turned maybe the maybe the team that won it would have won it anyway, but it went into slam dunk territory. Where it's now a no-doubter and we just gotta play it out.
2: So at least two in the East, but if it's not either of those two, the Nets and the Sixers, then if it should be the Bucks. Five thirty-eight gives the Bucks a six percent
1: chance of winning but, it all.
2: But yeah, the odds would go up more. Those are odds today. Mm-hmm. As we dwindle. Your yes. odds increase, obviously. So right. if the Bucks found a way to get through, even though I don't think they would be the best team, I would give them a chance. So I have to sort of put them in there because someone has to come out of the East. Do you so, really think the Bucks are getting through though? You know they,
1: they have No. Yeah, okay. But I'm saying if they do So right that now that would are you increase saying, it. I agree. But right now are you saying that there's two capable teams in the East or three? Yeah, two. Two. Okay. But the, I won't argue you. But you, it, you can
2: have an injury along the way that allows the Bucks. It's not like the them. Bucks are a complete dark horse. They're not rolling out a seven or eight seed here and getting to the final. So I sort of put them on. The, I'm on the fence with them.
1: But it wouldn't. It wouldn't be the outrageous shock. But no, I write today. So Jazz, Clippers, Lakers. Are you giving the Suns or the or the Nuggets a shot? I have to give the Suns a shot until I see otherwise. Now, I know they don't have nearly as much experience. I was about to say, everything I said about the Jazz and playoff experience... It's manifest... Times 10. Yeah. Times 10. You're going to get players who are literally starters who are in their first NBA playoff game.
2: Well, three of them. Right. If they start Crowder.
1: Crowder's got playoff but experience. But at the same time... Chris see, Paul's I, got playoff experience.
2: If I go... And I have to check Sarich, what, what he had, because he's been around the league a little bit, where... What he did, I'm not sure. He's not a big-time player. But we know Booker
1: and Aiton will be and making Bridges. their first playoff starts.
2: Yeah, Bridges, their yeah. other starter. Cam Johnson coming off the bench. And those guys, they have zero. But at the same time, okay, see, that's why I don't want to get bogged down on that. Because if I start going down that road, then how much of Jay Crowder's finals experience override that? I mean, where do you go? You can get yourself spinning around on that thing that they do in baseball with the bat between innings. I can just go around and around. So Booker doesn't have any, but Crowder has it all. So where do I go with that? Crowder's played in some big-time series along the way. What does that mean? Do I start discounting that because he's a role player? But, I mean, he's a tough dude and all that stuff. Does that count? And I listened to him, I think it was two days ago, they were talking to him did an interview with him, how he's telling him how it is and all this stuff, blah, 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 because he's the veteran now and he's been there, yada, yada. So he can say that. And he has been there and he is the veteran. But what does that mean?
1: Where do you go with that? Where does it stop? Well, I think that that goes right in line with uh, what coaches have said. Like, it doesn't really matter what I know. It matters what I can transfer the players and what they know when they got to make the play, whatever the sport. doesn't matter what the coach knows. matters how much they've transferred to the players. And so, you know, if Crowder's the guy who's got to take a big shot, it's a little different because he is on the court. But what we're really wondering about is what is Booker going to deliver? And what is Aiton going to deliver? You watch the Suns closer than most people in this market, and I think the second half of the season we were all paying more attention to them because it, it became clear they weren't going away and it was going to be a good race down the stretch. And Aiden has some games where he's very impactful, and Aiden has some games right. where he disappears. There's stretches he just vaporizes. That's true. And they can't have him vaporizing in big playoff games. They don't have a bunch of other guys to go to. They, they need it from him. So I would say I would count on Booker to do his
2: thing, and I would count on Paul. But other than that, it becomes a question mark. And Crowder seems to be, I don't know how he does it, he either seems to be 6 of 8 from 3
1: or, oh, yeah, right? or 1 yeah. for 9. He's going to shoot 34%, yeah. but he's never, ever, ever yeah. going to shoot 34%. It doesn't, It'll it just be a mix of yeah. 20 and 50 and 10
2: and 50. It seems like it's crazy, man. When yeah. when he's on, he's, boy, he's such a weapon. But I, I, I think that as I look at their team, I have to consider them now. I put them in... Uh, because I think they've earned the right to be considered, but they're playing the Lakers. And geez, if if Mitchell can say no one expects much from us, then every single Suns dude can say, well, we're playing the Lakers, ain't and and they can go Nate
1: McMillan. The league doesn't want us to win. Nobody wants us yeah. to win. Go Suns. A Suns Jazz Conference Final would be fun. I'm in favor of that. I am, too. All right, DJ and PK. David Locke is coming up next, and we will run this by him, see how many th- teams he thinks are legit championship contenders at this point, and we'll do that next. Stay with us.
0: Rob to Rudy. Oh, he packed it with the right hand. Produced three all-stars. Check. Oh, Donovan Mitchell. Earned the best record in the NBA in the top spot in the West. You are fabulous. Check and check. The regular season is over, and now the number one seeded Utah Jazz begin their quest for an NBA title. Let's go! When the Jazz take the court in the NBA playoffs, you'll hear every second of every game on your exclusive home. Welcome home of the Utah Jazz. 97.5 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network.
1: JPK brought to you in part by Zero Res. When they clean the carpets and tile, it's never just clean. It's no. Zero Res yeah. clean. They won't have it any other way. No. Just $33 per room. You deserve Zero Res. Schedule with Zero Res today. Call them at 801-288-9376. Or schedule online by searching for Zero Res carpet cleaning. Yeah, right on. Guy asked me, since we were just talking about Crowder, who's the jazz tough guy? Well, there's no one as tough as Crowder on the roster right now, but Royce O'Neill. Do you need somebody as tough? No. This, no, but what, yes. What
2: are we doing here? Yeah. Gobert's not tough? I'll take Gobert.
1: Who am I taking, Gobert or Crowder?
2: I'm taking Gobert.
1: <laughs> what are you going to do, pick up a tee, get kicked out, get a flagrant? You want tough guys in lots of subtle ways. Like with a game on the line We're in the fourth minded quarter. Tough-minded guys. Yeah, absolutely. And LeBron driving, and this the shuttle hits, the, the, the shuttle bump you with a shoulder, and you're off balance, bump you with an elbow. Never calling that offensive foul. You can argue it was. You can argue all day long. They're not calling it.
2: You mean tell me Mitchell's not mentally tough?
1: I don't think anyone's going to tell you that. Now but sometimes go, he's, the, he's the go-to guy for most of the shot clock shots, most yeah, of the end of game And sometimes shots.
2: you need somebody to just let somebody know, hey, we're not going to take your crap.
1: Yeah. Well, you need somebody if they if if Chris Webber decides to flatten John Stockton, you do need somebody to flatten yeah, one of their guys. Except in today's game, you're kicked out. <laughs> so you need someone who isn't Rudy Gobert cuz you don't want him kicked well, out. Well, but Webber isn't going to do that to Stockton now
2: because he get kicked out. Mm, so the toughness aspect of that, the overt toughness, yes, yeah. This isn't that you could go. You, we all know we've all seen guys going nuts, throwing punches at each other, and they don't get kicked out back then. It was like it was a thousand years ago. It doesn't. <laughs> it didn't even exist. It might as well have been in black and white, and you saw it at the
1: start of when you went to the movies for a quarter, <laughs> maybe a nickel. It was a long time ago,
2: but it doesn't exist now. So you can't even do that. So do I need some over tough dude? Hey,
1: you blah, 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 blah,
2: blah, don't you do that? Because that now they go to see Guy farts. We got to go to see caucus.
1: was crop dust in this game? Yeah, we're gonna find out. Yeah. So I think that's overrated
2: because of the fact that you don't have that as much anymore. Because they call it and they got every cameras and reviewing and all. You know, and then the ultimate, the ultimate uh, who, Mikhail Rambis, and it was just a foul and nobody went to see caucus. Mm-hmm. Hey, now, oh my goodness, you'd be thrown out and
1: suspended. Can't drop people like that. It is time to welcome in David Locke. His weekly interview is brought to you by the Murdoch Auto Team. David, good morning. Good morning, David James. Good morning, Patrick.
3: And we find out our opponent tonight. We get to prep all day and play on Sunday. Fired up, baby. Me
2: too. And who do you think would be the most more advantage for the Jazz, or is it a wash?
3: No, it's not a wash, my friend. One of them has a player that has completely broken the game offensively, revolutionized the game for the future, maybe the most influential player the game has had in decades You think that
2: highly of Valenshounis, huh?
3: I do. I love (laughs) Valenshounis, but I'm talking about (laughs) Steph Curry. Think about this. Think about this in jazz history, okay? Jerry Sloan gave a legitimate, real, explanation of why he couldn't double team Michael Jordan at 19 feet. And it was a good explanation, right? In the NBA finals, you don't want to double. If you do, Steve Kerr gets the open shot. Like, you know, we didn't rotate enough and force guys into things, but that's a different story. But like, basically, right. Like it made sense. Like, Hey, we're in the NBA. We can't do gimmicky defense. We go double team a guy at 19 feet and the ball swings around and somebody's open. Like it's a real problem. And it all kind of, you know, like, yeah, absolutely. It is now reasonable, 100% reasonable, expected and maybe negligent to not double-team Steph Curry at 35 feet.
1: Lakers did it, and it worked. They had AD I mean, out there, double-team him at, at the edge of the half-court circle. No, it's the only answer. If you don't double-team him at 35 feet,
3: he's pulling for three off a of picks that... And you can't get out high enough and he's splitting the pick. I mean, you really have no choice but to let Draymond Green play four on three on you on the open floor. Like it's they're they're great, by the way. Like I think people, their numbers, since they got rid of two negatively impactful players who didn't help them win are through the roof as good as anyone else. My my numbers would tell you that when all teams are healthy or as healthy as they're going to get in the playoffs. So removing Jamal Murray, there are four elite teams in the West, the Clippers, warriors, Lakers, and jazz. And then maybe Portland, that Portland, when you start narrowing down the players, they're just going to play in the playoffs and the minutes that are going to play. Now, I don't know if they can really roll Nurkic out there for 40 minutes, but any minute that's canterless is good for them. And then they get really special too. Um, so, Golden State's terrific. Like now, some of that they played the Thunder twice, and any numbers against the Thunder should be eliminated. And I think they played the Rockets in that stretch, and that should be eliminated. But you know, when they have Steph and Draymond on the floor, which they do for the playoffs, they're plus sixteen per hundred possessions.
2: Yeah, but aren't the Jazz terrific too?
1: Yeah, I said the Jazz were my four teams. Do you think the Warriors emptied the tank against the Lakers, or do you think they're going to be able to handle the Grizzlies, or do you think there's something to? They need something from the role players, and everybody rolled it out there. And this could be hard for them. I
3: think this could be hard for them because Memphis is particularly, you know, there's probably not a team in the league that has a combination of like physical prowess that Valanchunas and Dylan Brooks kind of combined bring in the perimeter. Like, whenever Rudy plays. Valentino's. I feel like Rudy's got to take like a seventy-two hour ice bath before he's like right again. I mean, it's just like it's brutal. He's just a beast. Like he's straight out WWF. Right. Um, and I love it. I actually love him. I I actually, you know, if you when Toronto traded for Marcus Cole, I actually thought Toronto made a huge mistake. I thought Valentino's was vital to who they were and brought him a toughness, and obviously was wrong. But I think Valanciunas actually is probably the most underrated player in the league. When And you, you have to look at Memphis and say, like, okay, with that roster, why are they 500? Like, what is it that they're doing? That, and John Morant's super, but he's got some massive flaws still in his game as a second-year player. So I don't actually think he's the reason. I think the reason is because they're so physical, they're so hard to play, that over the course of a regular season, you just wilt against them, and they then walk away with the win. I don't think that works I don't think Golden State wilts in the circumstance, but it does mean that I think Golden State comes to Salt Lake City on Sunday with their tank empty.
2: Do you believe Mitchell will be on any kind of uh, restraint as far as minutes and all that?
3: Um, I wouldn't think so after all this time other than just pure fatigue.
1: Okay. So basically I the know. coaches... I didn't like,
3: it's not like I stayed at the Holiday Inn Express last night and became a doctor this morning. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you got PK with that one. <laughs> that was a good one. Four 50-year-old jokes. <laughs> so Wow, it just stopped the show. Yeah, it really did. It really did.
3: <laughs> Are you like, what's wrong with this, DJ? Like, you're just trying to figure out why PK's not that? Like, what stopped you right there? You're trying to figure out why P.K. actually thought that was funny? Yeah, I was. I was was psychoanalyzing him a
1: little bit. (laughs) And and, and deciding also if I want to move on to another discussion here. Uh, So we were discussing, P.K. was talking about the Jazz are capable of winning a championship. And there are people who count on emotions and words. That's P.K. And there are people who count on numbers. That's you. And I'm curious when you went to, you hear PK say they're capable. I think you'd agree with that. And then if you see the Jazz uh, 538 has them as a 15% chance to win the finals. You think that's the right number? Too high, too low? What are you thinking? That's a big number. It's the, like, third, it's the third biggest right now. They've got yeah, right. so, so many teams with a chance that it spreads the numbers out.
3: Right. I mean, you know, this is what everyone's always asked for. Yes. For all those years when everyone was complaining about Golden State versus Cleveland and we knew what the finals were going to be, I do think there's a really big chance we're getting Brooklyn versus L.A., which is what we always thought we were going to get um, because those are the best teams. Um, but yeah, there's a real chance. I mean, I was looking at Bet Online today and they have the Jazz as the fourth best odds, right? Brooklyn's the favorite, the Lakers and the Clippers and the Jazz. Like, um, So, I mean, well, it's pretty incredible to be going into a playoffs with 15% chance. That's like, amazing. And um, I'm sure we'd like it to be 90%, but that's not really competition. And so, I, it, yeah, we got a chance. It's it's remarkable. We're going to have to continue to play fast. We're going to have to continue to shoot the three at a really high rate. We're going to have to win the math game with shot distribution, defense, and shooting the threes. Um, we're going to have to keep people out of transition and get ourselves into transition a little bit. Um, we do that with defense, um, and it kind of accelerates itself. Um, runs are really super important in the playoffs. They go both ways. So, yeah, I mean, I think we have eight, nine-man roster rotation that's deep. I think we have the one of the most impactful players in the league in Rudy and who I suspect will be up to 40 minutes a night. Um, you know, we're I, we're really, really good. And as we narrow our rotation, we probably get better, as does everyone else. Um, and that's kind of what I was looking at. The one number, just if you're going to ask the next question, which is, is there any reason not, we're – We haven't been, and some of this is the most, is that there's a recent numbers without Donovan and Mike to cloud this, is there are, some of the other teams have been better against better teams. Now, our numbers are clouded a little bit because the last games all in those matchups were without Donovan and Mike, but the same way the Lakers are clouded um, in the fact that their, you know, numbers were without LeBron and the Clippers were clouded. So those numbers are, you know, numbers are hard this year to try to figure out what, um, really matters. That's why I'm kind of living off this idea that you you look at the these play you look at these teams right now and you look at them in regards to what they what their numbers are when their best players are on the floor. But against the other playoff teams, we have the third best differential of all the teams. The Mavericks were a little better, and Phoenix had the best. And we lost seven of our last eleven of those games, um, which is not a great trend. But you know, back to what I said, there are. Um, when we have Rudy in, on the floor, we're a 15.1. When we have Rudy and Mike on the floor, we're a 16.2. When the Clippers have Kawhi and Paul George on the floor, they're 17.6, so that's better. When the Lakers have AD and LeBron on the floor, they're a 14.1. And when the Warriors have Steph and Draymond on the floor, they're a 15.4. I mean, that's what I'm talking about. And the Blazers are 15.3 if you really narrow down on the right groupings. So those are the five teams that I think are, are most prime here to, to do something in the West, and that's a lot. That's pretty awesome.
2: So you talked about Gobert being having extended minutes. Do you think that's a pattern throughout the roster as far as the main guys getting more minutes?
0: Um,
3: I think so. However, on our guard line, you know, we really have this unique thing that we have three different pick-and-roll ball handlers in Joe, Mike, and Donovan And I mean, if you kind of just look at it over the course of the night, like Donovan runs like 20 pick and rolls and Mike runs like 18 with Rudy and then Joe runs like 15. Like, so it's really equally distributed. So you can equally distribute those minutes and you don't necessarily need to take Mike to 38 to do, you know, Mike can still stay at the 31, 32 Donovan might go to the 38 and you're playing Joe um, Jordan brings a unique thing and it depends a little bit on the series on who you're playing. If you're playing Memphis, you're playing dropping bigs that are playing back at the rim and hugging probably the three point shooters and forcing, you know, Jordan and and Don and um, and Mike to, to get in the lane and Joe to try to make plays out of that while not allowing the ball to get out to shooters. If you're playing the Warriors, they're switching. And now the uh, one-on-one pick and the one-on-one beating people, off the dribble, getting in the lane, making the defense collapse, and kicking out to shooters becomes even more vital. So that's not a great Joe Ingles series because Joe's not going to beat you one-on-one. Then he becomes, you know, that's when he then, the fact that he shoots like 50% off Donovan's three passes is becomes really important. Donovan's got to break the lane and give it up to Joe or other people to get those those threes. So it's just a little bit depends on the series and who we have, and that's where Quinn's at his, at his best. Um, you know, George, I think, is important in the series from an offensive standpoint, one, he's always willing to shoot. And the fact he doesn't bypass threes and, and what Nate Duncan calls record scratching the offense is important. Um, really very important actually. And then defensively, he's just gotten so much better this year. I'm not sure he's a liability. So I think he becomes you know vital, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you put your best players on the floor. We just have a unique thing where we have nine really, really good players and you know, the only area where we probably have a, Really bar- big discrepancy, and it's not a slight on Derek. It's just that Rudy's amazing. So, Rudy's minutes go up, and I think everyone else just finds their roles.
1: As you watch the Lakers edge the Warriors, and runs happening, you see the flaws, and it was, I wonder if it's a little bit of a Rorschach test. You know, they show you the ink blots, and then your brain goes wherever it goes because it's really an ink blot. It's not a rabbit, and it's not a wagon. But I was just curious when you're watching it if you saw the Lakers and the Warriors flaws. And saw why they were seven and eight and why they are going to be vulnerable and can be out of the playoffs early on, regardless of the hype. Or if you saw teams that still have special players and can still make deep runs, and for the first time ever, we could have a seven versus an eight in a conference final. It's still a long shot, but for the first time, it's not completely ridiculous. What'd you see when you watched that game?
3: Yeah, I'm not sure I wouldn't pick that, by the way. Just to so let's, like, if the if we if the Warriors won the Jazz will beat the Warriors in a series I think in the large reason I would pick that is because the Warriors I think will be on empty when they get to Salt Lake and so now all of a sudden the Jazz who are great are kind of almost should get Game One and now you're playing a six game series where one team has to win three and the other has to play four that's a pretty big difference um, I actually did not see um, I saw the opposite I saw. Two teams are ready to go. So the Warriors' weakness is that they played Kelly Oubre and James Wiseman earlier this year.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Like James Wiseman's need is number one, you know, early pick. He is not a play; he's terrible. Like in regards to helping you win today, he's terrible. He's going to be fine; He's going to be great. Kelly Oubre, I, I actually decided that the you know one of the quickest ways to turn your franchise around is to acquire Kelly Oubre and then trade trade him, Phoenix, for you know, and not play him. Right? Like it's he just uses so many possessions and such a. One-dimensional manner that doesn't help your teammates at all, and I think just zaps the group of its energy um, in in such a way that you know when he left, everyone then got into the rightful order of the basketball universe. Like it's Steph and Draymond conducting, Andrew Wiggins, Jordan Poole, good shooter, this kid Mulder and Tuscana Anderson's tough as hell, are playing and. You know, Draymond can't shoot a three anymore of his life, depends on it, but he doesn't have to because you're double-teaming Steph at 35 feet, so he's able to play point guard on a four-on-three, and they're, they're just crazy hard. And then their second unit's awful, and they only play it. I love what Steve Kerr's done because the math totally backs this up. Like, put your best players on the floor – for as many minutes as possible, Mike Malone generally does this, and actually just grin and bear the other minutes and shorten the game. And you actually, the positive outweighs the negative. It's super hard to do mentally because you're so bad in those other minutes. But And then if Andrew Wiggins happens to make two or three plays in that time period, which is what he did against the Lakers in the key moment and then didn't in the second, the second time, you know, you're fine. So I think the Warriors are just terrific. Um, they're elite defensively. They play a unique style defensively, and they have a player that just breaks the breaks your defense I thought LeBron's performance at least in my like when I think of LeBron's career we have these incredible moments obviously when Cleveland when he scores whatever 27 straight points against Detroit you know NBA championship performances Eastern Conference final, like there's all these amazing moments for LeBron I actually thought the second half against the Warriors was super special he was awful in the first half No lift, no explosion, couldn't beat guys, couldn't get up. And he just completely came out in the second half and changed his game and figured out how he was going to win that basketball game inside the limitations of what he had, which tells you what we all know about him, that he's an absolute basketball genius and he's the most talented player the game has ever had. And he can just find whatever way he wants to win. And that's what he did in that game, at least in my opinion. And certainly Wesley Matthews was outstanding, and Alex Caruso, you know, did some things pretty well. That you know, and Dennis Schroeder was unplayable, and there are all these other little side stories to it. But the fact was, and that on a night where AD looked disengaged, other than a player or two, um, I thought LeBron showed every you know part of his Michael Jordanness of just willing his team to a win by changing his game. So I thought they were both great. Uh, I would take the Lakers over Phoenix and then I would probably take the Lakers over Portland, who I think will be Denver. And if the warriors were to beat the jazz and they weren't too exhausted, I could see their switching defense really give the Clippers a hard time. And Steph's pretty unguardable. So I don't think that's an out. Like if you want a most likely Western conference finals, I'm probably going jazz Lakers with Clippers and Warriors, Lakers next.
1: All right, there it is. David Locke, the possibilities, the odds, and it all starts Sunday night. You think there's any chance that Donovan still doesn't feel quite a hundred percent, and they think they can beat the Warriors in game one, and this is the slowest part of the playoffs, and and they use the three extra days to get him all the way healthy. No. He's all the way no. in. Hundred percent, he's going. Barring a major I, setback,
3: I think he better. I mean, if he practiced yesterday, he I would, He's I would going. hope he goes. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, the other one on Donovan, by the way, if you kind of look at his historical numbers, he actually needs to play. So Donovan's not great with rest. He's a rhythm player. Like his, he, I think he shoots about thirty-three percent if he has two or more days rest.
1: Well, then they they better practice hard today and wear him down, right? Right, No, there's something like his body is a machine. Like,
3: it's got to run. Like, you know, Mike's the opposite, right? Mike's least good games this year are all on the, on the five or six back-to-backs. So he shoots a little less well, and his shooting percentage on three is a little less. And you suddenly get rid of those games and look at his numbers. He's pretty outstanding. In fact, he doesn't have a back-to-back. Always have a, you know, a day rest for him is, is going to be really big. Donovan actually needs to get into the second part of this series where you're playing every other day to be at his peak.
1: All right, David, we got to run. We appreciate it. Thanks for joining us, and we will hear you Sunday night on the call. Okay, talk to you soon. All right, coming up, Pace Mannion, former Ute, former Jazz guy. His son now plays for the Warriors. We'll talk with Pace. Coming up in about 15 minutes and a PGA Championship update with Bob Casper from Real Golf Radio. PK, this is a crazy tournament. We literally have guys hitting shots off the beach. We got guys making birdies and bogeys and going seven yeah. holes without making a par. I've been in the trap many times. Beach. Bob Casper, 930, PJ Championship Update. Stay with us.
0: <laughs> number one. Make us your number one present. In the Zone Sports Network. Going down to Vegas this weekend, and I'm putting some massive dollar bills on my boys in Utah.
1: We just heard from David Locke. We're about to talk with Pace Mannion, Jazz and Warriors, or Jazz and Grizzlies. David, tell you anything that gave you pause, or you just reinforced what you already believe? And even though you approach it differently... Because the two of you approach it differently, when you happen to end up in the same place, there's usually a lot of truth there. What? Huh?
2: <laughs> I don't know that I put that much stock in the Warriors. Because what you do
1: in the Lakers,
3: I don't have any problem.
2: If with you that.
1: just joined us in the last segment, David was—I gave him a couple options. One that the Lakers and Warriors really revealed each other's flaws and. Although they got celebrity and name recognition and excellent players, they don't have the teams, they don't have the rosters to do the deep runs they've done in the past. Or they really did bring out the best in each other, and these two teams can both make deep runs and theoretically meet in a conference final. And David David pumped them both up. And they can both go out in the first round. Uh, But if Steve Kerr is all that
2: then why didn't he figure out earlier that Wiseman and Obre were detrimental to their team?
1: Well, I don't know the answer to that, so but the most injuries. the most obvious would be uh, it got late in the season, it got right down to it, and there were people in the front office who wanted to play the young guys, and he finally had 50 games of, hey, we can do way better than this, and they signed uh, off on so, it. So Ownership, I mean, there are times, and I have no idea, but there are times we know owners have fallen in love with players and Coaches and and so player. Steve
2: Kerr is going to be unemployed for maybe a half day.
1: <laughs> but will he get a gig this sweet? Uh-uh. But no, well, you're right. Well, if he's
2: all that, and some people think he is, particularly if you're aligned with uh, his political persuasion, you really, really love him, then why didn't he figure it out earlier? And if he's all that great, then doesn't matter where he goes, he'll be really good. So I just wonder, well, wait a second here. That's sort of an indictment on Kerr without realizing you're indicting her.
1: DJ PK, when we come back, Pace Mannion, former Ute, former Jazz player, he will join us next. We'll talk Warriors and Grizzlies with him and Jazz in the playoffs with him. Stay with us.